You're listening to the Team Guru Podcast, bringing to life the theory and principles of leadership. Hello, my name's David Frizzell and welcome to the first of a new format we're test driving here on the Team Guru Podcast. For the last couple of years, I've been posting a new episode every two weeks. And starting today, I'm going to release a mini-sode on the alternate weeks, bringing our total releases up to four episodes a month. I've been lucky enough to put together over 70 hours of interviews since 2015. And in those hours, there are a lot of great lessons. In each of these mini-sodes, I want to pluck out one of those lessons that has a particular resonance with the issue of the day. And today, it's all about great coaching. For those of you listening to me here in Australia, you may have only been vaguely aware that the Winter Olympics were taking place right now in South Korea. Given that we're in the midst of a blazing hot summer here at the moment, the Winter Olympics can be difficult for us to relate to. North of the equator, however, it's a completely different story. Canadians, Americans, Europeans and many parts of Asia take the Winter Olympics very seriously. Despite its second-tier status here in Australia, we still expect a lot from our Winter Olympians, so it came as only a mild surprise when I learned the other day that Team Australia had won its first silver medal in snowboarding. 22-year-old Jared Hughes won the medal in the men's snowboard cross. The snowboard cross, it's a tense sport that features six riders barreling down a steep course full of jumps, turns and drops. There were actually four Australians competing in the event. Pretty impressive numbers for a country with such a small winter sports culture. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Hughes's main rival is another Australian, Alex Pullen. Hughes and Pullen seriously dislike each other and Apparently, their rival stems from Pullen's refusal to train with his teammates. He hires his own coaches and trains in isolation, yet he still receives funding from the Australian Institute of Sport. Pullen quite noticeably snubbed his teammate after the race and after finishing just fourth. Even officials with Team Australia had to admit that Pullen and Hughes have a seriously strained relationship. I love the drama of sport, the good and the bad, and this chapter of Sporting Theatre reminded me of the conversation I recorded last year with the Australian cricket coach, who is simultaneously loved and loathed, John Buchanan. John and I talked about the similarity of coaching a team in sport and in business, rivalries, personal animosity and outright hostility within a team or an office are commonplace. John told me all about the methods he used to create a sense of unity within a disparate group of individuals. It was very much about taking people outside the dressing room. You know, so, so no matter whether you're in business, politics, religion, sport, whatever the world is, you're very comfortable in your own world, which I call in broad terms the dressing room. So when somebody comes into your dressing room, you're relaxed, you're in control of yourself because the environment is safe and secure. So my job, and I see it as one of the key jobs of coaches, is to take those individuals outside of their dressing room and place them in another environment where they're not comfortable. So if they can then develop the skills, techniques, knowledge, potentially networks over a period of time that are outside of their bubble, then to me that's got to be good for the individual as a whole person and that's always been part of my coaching philosophy. Do you look back and remember some of those wonderful teaching moments 
that we as teachers have had in our past where you saw someone light up, someone come alive as a human being because of a path that you led them down? Do you have those memories? Yes. I mean, uh, just talking about a, a couple there, um, that first New Zealand tour, just to listen to a couple of the, I can remember Michael Bevan being one of those, that a very, you know, he's an introvert, exceptionally good player, was at that stage the leading one-day player in the world. And he chose to speak on a topic that was very personal and close to him, but in front of the group, which he'd never have done beforehand. He might have spoken to maybe one or two in that group, but he opened up and just, uh, you know, he had himself in tears and other people in tears. And uh, I think uh, uh, probably an important little milestone for him in the way that he conducted himself and the way that he related to other people in the team. But probably even more importantly, he opened a door to allow other people into into him, which to me is a pretty important part of how you work together as a team because the better that you can know yourself for a start, really important, but the more that you get to know and understand the people around you, the more that you can be supportive of them in either caring ways or in in obviously uh, quite disciplined ways sometimes. But, you know, I think that's part and parcel of this bringing a group together and how you hold them together and how you challenge them. So you you started this gig, as I said, on a hiding to nothing, pretty much. Success was expected. Failure would have been a catastrophe. So you what you did, you stepped in and you went, boom, 16 tests in a row, victories, world record, never been done before. That's a pretty good start. Did you feel as though then that your approach was vindicated and that you should pretty much have have no barking voices suggesting that you're not the right man for the job? Oh, no, uh, because that's outside of my control. So all I could do was uh, keep doing the job that I saw to be done and do it the best way that I possibly could. I always knew that there would be people within the, in the group, within the team, that would certainly be resistant to what I'm doing because, again, same sort of thing. They know what they do and they know that they do it well and here's a bloke that's going to come in and complicate it. And, you know, and in the forefront of those is obviously warning at different stages. But also outside the team, there was always people that everybody's poised there with the knife just waiting for you to, to stumble. And as soon as you do, they're ready to insert it and, and twist it and make life very hard for you. But that's reality, you know. So all I, as I said, all I could do was keep checking in on me, keep checking in on my philosophy. Am I delivering it or am I sticking by it? And uh, where, where it seems like, it's conflicting with some individuals. Well, what is that conflict? How do I solve that? Can I solve that? Am I the best person to try and solve that? Um, but still trying to make sure that I don't fracture or tear down any sort of relationship that I might have, whether it be a distant, you know, long, long, you know, big space between myself and, and one of the players or a very close, close relationship. You know, it's very important that that relationship or relationship building is, again, one of the key components of coaching and one of the things that I see really lacking in business today, this concept of coaching and understanding how to do it, which is all about relationships. And to me, it's one of the things, if we went back to success or how do you get results or how do you build a team or all that sort of stuff, it's pretty fundamental to it. (laughs) 
team building is a term that gets thrown around a lot in the business world these days, but you can't make a great team out of thin air. As John Buchanan proved so effectively on cricket grounds around the world, great teams are born of real personal connection. I hope you enjoyed this first mini-sode. We'll be back in seven days with an interview with communication and feedback expert Georgia Murch. And if you want to hear more of that two-part interview that I did with John Buchanan featured in this episode, you can find it on our website, teams.guru podcast. My name's David Frizzell. It's been a pleasure to have your company. Bye for now. Bye for now.